Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Training camp is officially underway for the Detroit Lions, with today being the first full practice for the team. And that means that the season is just a few weeks away. All the other teams are also getting ready for the 2018 2018 19 NFL season. Will this season continue to be marred, though, by controversies and declining viewership, as we've seen over the last couple of years? Many people on all sides of the political spectrum have vowed to stay away from the NFL, to boycott football amid these controversies and the league's handling of them. We are going to spend the entire hour today talking about the reasons that people are shutting off their TVs on Sundays. Also, the reason that people may be still tuning in to football on Sunday or on Saturday. College football uh, also has its share of controversies. And we're going to talk about the myriad challenges that the NFL in particular faces heading into the 2018 season. I want to start, though, by talking about what I will be doing this fall. I have decided in the last couple of weeks that I am going to boycott the NFL this year. I am not going to watch the Lions games, which uh, is the team that I grew up rooting for here in the city of Detroit and, of course, the team I root for now. I'm not going to watch the Baltimore Ravens, uh, the team that represent the other city that I've lived in for many years in my adult life. I am going to shut the television off, or at least off of the NFL, on Sundays. And the reason I'm doing that is these, these protests, these uh, kneeling uh, protests that happened uh, last year in particular and have happened for several years in the league, and the owner's response to those protests. I think it is unconscionable that the NFL owners have said players must stand on the field and quote unquote show respect for the flag during the national anthem ceremonies that kick off each game. I don't understand why you feel as an owner of a business that you can compel political speech out of your employees. And let's be clear, that's exactly what this is. The idea that you must respect the national anthem, that you must respect the flag uh, at work, is uh, it is a question of political speech. These anthem ceremonies are uh, things that the league has negotiated with the military and the U.S. government. Uh, it is a political exercise. It is an expression of American allegiance. And I believe that you cannot compel somebody to do that, uh, even if they are your employee. Now, the NFL thinks differently, and I imagine that they have very good lawyers who've told them that they could do this and survive any lawsuit. But morally, I think it's just wrong. It is absolutely abhorrent. Uh, I also, of course, have very strong feelings about these protests themselves. The idea that NFL players want to draw attention to the brutality that black people face at the hands of police, the violence that plagues the black community. Think about what Colin Kaepernick has said, not what he did on the field, but what he has said about why he's doing what he's doing. This idea that we are at a point in American history where people are tired uh, of this idea that 
African-Americans uh, are subject to different treatment than other people. Uh, think of the last few years, the high-profile incidents we've seen in which police react or overreact to African-Americans simply because they are African-American and in many instances end up killing them. I have supported that from the beginning and felt as though this was a very powerful way to draw attention to this issue. Uh, Up until now, I was watching football in part to try to support the protest, to try to support the idea that some players were saying, I'm going to take a knee during the anthem to draw attention to this. Uh, Now I will stay away because owners say that's not okay and that they're going to fine players who do it. In particular, uh, I'm really offended by Jerry Jones, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, who has uh, doubled down on this policy in uh, recent days and has said that he really just is not going to tolerate anybody Uh, staying away from this political expression that he wants to compel. I think uh, it's outrageous. I think it's unconscionable. And so that means I won't watch. Now, I need to also uh, admit a few caveats to my stern position here. Uh, The idea that I'm protesting uh, the NFL because of racism, what I see as racism, rather than the brutality of the sport itself is one of the things that kind of bothers me about this position that I've taken. Uh, Football is the most violent sport uh, in America, and we are learning more and more every day, it seems, about the long-term effects that it has on people, the long-term effects that it has on people's brains, CTE, traumatic brain injury, uh, the things that, that we're seeing in the news about people who played this sport as young people and then when they're older are almost crippled by uh, brain disease. Uh, That should be one of the things that I'm concerned about. And uh, a few years ago, I started writing about my concerns about the violence in football, specifically as it related to college. So why am I now moved to boycott because of racism when I wasn't that moved uh, about the violence. That bothers me a little, and it's one of the things that I'm thinking about now and will be thinking out about throughout the season. Uh, that also brings us to the question of why boycott the NFL, but not the NCAA? If you listen to this show frequently, you know that I'm an alum of the University of Michigan and a very proud alum of that institution. And that culture that you are part of when you go to a particular college uh, revolves in many ways around football. Think of each fall how much of your connection to the university that you went to or to the friends that you made when you were at that university revolve around football games, going to the games, watching the games together, the tailgating, uh, all of that sort of thing. Why am I not moved to boycott college football because of the violence that's involved, but also because of the exploitation that is involved in playing college football. Uh, this, the, the fact that players are not paid, the fact that they are taking tremendous risks with their bodies and their future uh, for, uh, for not uh, being, being compensated uh, the way NFL players are. Uh, that's another thing that's sort of in the back of my mind uh, bothering me about this stance that I'm taking. Uh, and then the last thing that, that I sort of need to admit is that I'm not sure I can actually pull this off. I know that I won't 
watch on opening Sunday. I know that uh, I will probably be able to stay away from it throughout the month of September. But I'm so much a part of that American culture that loves the sport of football and gets excited about my home team when it's doing well that I'm really worried. Maybe this is the year. This is the year that the Lions uh, win 10 games or 12 games and get a home playoff game here in the city of Detroit. It will be especially hard for me to stay away from football if that happens. I have waited my entire life for that season. I have waited my entire life to be proud of the Detroit Lions after November. Uh, What if this is the year that that's true and I've decided to sit it out? Uh, That may seem like a rather trivial dynamic to be worried about, but I actually really am. I am actually sort of apprehensive about saying this and saying it as publicly as I am because I may not be able to carry through with it. Uh, That doesn't mean I won't try, uh, and it doesn't mean that I won't continue to talk on this show and in other places about my objection to what the NFL owners are doing and, uh, more broadly, about what I think uh, is wrong with football in terms of the violence and the medical issues, the health issues in the long run. So we want to spend the hour talking to you about the NFL and what you're thinking about football. Are you also thinking that you're going to boycott the NFL this year. There are a lot of people around the country, and I imagine a lot of folks in our listenership area here in southeast Michigan, who have said that they will. We want to hear from you about the reasons that you may be sitting this out. As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. Uh, and we will try to work you into the conversation. We also want to hear from you if you are still watching football, if you are fine with what they're doing in the NFL, if you're fine with the with the deal that college players have, if you think that's all all right, uh, give us a call and tell us why. Um, uh, we we also uh, we also want to hear you know from from people who are confused about this or sitting on the fence. Maybe you feel badly about the things that are going on, but like me, you're so drawn to the sport that you're worried you can't step away. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number all hour on the phones. And to kick off our discussion about the NFL and football, I've got two close friends in the studio with me. Jake Neer is a producer here at Detroit Today. Uh, He's a Lions fan. Uh, Jake, welcome to the studio. Steven, I don't get many opportunities to opine about sports on the air, so this is sort of a weird like (laughs) uh, dream come true for me, albeit in a sad situation. Uh, Also with us is Laura Weber Davis. She is the senior producer at Detroit Today, a Michigan State alum and fan, uh, Laura Weber Davis, welcome to Detroit Today. Also, don't get to talk about sports enough on the radio, probably. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> NPR is not really the place that we get to talk about sports so much. But this is not as much, I feel like, about sport and uh, sports culture as it is about America and American culture. Well, and yeah. Uh, that's why that's why we're doing the show. This is something that you and the two of you and I have sat around and talked about a lot this mm-hmm. summer, uh, and we figured let's talk about it with the listeners. Well, and the reason that we wanted to come in here is because we realized that we all are sort of done with football, but for very different reasons. Mm-hmm. Yes. Although I would say that we are, we would also agree that – 
the other reasons are also contributing to why we are frustrated with football. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, the the reason that I am done with football mm-hmm. uh, and, and you, Michigan and you State are football, I am not an done. NFL fan. Right. And I'm not boycotting. I'm done. And I'm done because of CTE. Mm-hmm. And uh, you Which know, is about, the noble thing to be against, <laughs> I feel like. That's like okay, the, the, so, the real ethical thing. I don't do. know. I mean, I think they're all just personal reasons for why one stops watching or feels like they, they need to be done. But about 10 years ago, maybe 12, I saw a real sports report for the first time about brain injury that was happening mm-hmm. and looking at football players' brains uh, and seeing how much they had aged based on these hits. Um and the reports just continued to go. Then there was the report that the NFL was trying to hide the findings of their CTE reports. Mm-hmm. Then, it was, so it was a series of events, right? So then, um, you know, I, I, I'm not blaming Brady Hoke specifically, but a few years ago, Michigan put uh, a, a quarterback, Shane Morris, back on the field when he was clearly stumbling around. Yeah. That was incredibly hard to watch. Yeah. And that it had was, nothing that was to, a terrible moment. Yeah, that had nothing to do with my fandom as an MSU fan and being disgusted with Michigan. It had nothing to do with fan being a fan. It had to do with frustration that that kid was allowed to go back on the field. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, then beyond that, just the bodily injury, Jalen Watts Jackson, who made this huge play for Michigan State against Michigan, yeah. Um, blocked the kick and blocked uh, the kick and ran it back down the field and yeah. won the game. Broke his hip on that play and will never play football again. Yeah. He's left football. He broke his hip under the pile of teammates who were excited about who the play, excited. right? Uh, and jumped on him to to, to celebrate, but right. it was too heavy. And I then the the sort of final straw for me was the quarterback who we played against in the bowl game from Washington. Uh, Michigan State played against. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was like 19 years old. He's a he was a redshirt sophomore. He'd been redshirted as a freshman. Pardon me. And he um, he committed suicide a few weeks basically after Michigan State won that game. Mm-hmm. He had a terrible game against mm-hmm. Michigan State he did. and got beat up uh, literally on the field. Had a terrible game. Committed suicide a few weeks later. And they just uh, a few weeks ago just released this report that his he had the brain of a sixty five year old, mm-hmm. and I just thought to myself, I've had this building feeling of I can't watch these kids destroy themselves for me anymore, and they're not getting compensated like NFL no, players, no. and they are ruining their bodies for their lives. And even though I love Mark D'Antonio as a coach, and I love rooting, I love the atmosphere of tailgating, I love the whole deal, it just isn't worth it for me anymore. And there is a racial component to me too, Stephen, because most fans that you see in the stands are white, most players on the field now are black, mm-hmm. and I feel like there is a racial disparity when you're asking these primarily kids of color to destroy themselves right. for free. right. In front of me, a white woman, like, I just can't, I can't make all those things meet in my brain anymore. So I'm not yeah. boycotting. I just, my husband will still love it and he'll still watch it and I won't be <laughs> mad at him for that. I just feel disgusted with You're myself as a fan. So yeah. thank you for letting me give my So so, so I actually can relate to that. I mean, I, I feel pretty disgusted with myself that I've waited this long yeah. to do this. And again, that I'm not able to say I'm done with football. Mm. I'm not you sound able to like say, me three years ago. Yeah, I mean, um, I you wish might I come could to say, my side of the fence yeah, eventually. I just, but. I, I, I don't think I can. 
I don't think I can stay away from it entirely. Well, but- and here's the thing, Stephen, is I will still be excited to see Michigan State win. I won't watch, but I'll still be excited when you tell me that the winning score, you know, and I'm disgusted that I care about that. even. <laughs> I um, care about all. Of it's that a hard stuff. thing to want when you grew when you grow up. I care up- much less about it now than I did five years ago, 10 years ago, certainly 20 or 25 years ago. But again, what brings me back to it is that community that I feel very strongly uh, attracted to and that I have been a part of for all of that time. Well, you have been told as an American for your whole life, football has been the American pastime. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, It's not baseball and it hasn't been baseball for quite some time. It's been football. And we've been told to be excited by the violence of it to give honor and respect to people like Jalen Watts Jackson who sacrificed their bodies for our entertainment. And so it's not unheard of to be to feel bad about that. I mean, because you still are have been told for decades that this is the thing you are supposed to love. And this is the way that you relate to people around you. This is the way you relate to your family. This is the way you relate to your friends. This is the way you relate to your college uh, classmates right. and and roommates. Uh, so many of my personal memories in life are tied uh, in in moment to things around football and football games. And so it's really hard, I think, uh, to step away, not because of the sport, but because of uh, the culture. Uh, so I, I can absolutely relate to what you're saying there, Laura. All right, Jake Neer, producer yep. here on Detroit Today. Uh, you uh, are a Lions fan, mm-hmm. but tell me what you are doing. Long suffering, yes. yes. We all are um, long suffering. <laughs> now, uh, it, I, I'll admit that my reason immediately triggers an emotional response for people, um, and it's a bit layered and winding, so it, it starts somewhere and then ends somewhere a little bit different. So I'm going to ask you, the listener, to stick with me here. Uh-huh. Um It starts with the controversy surrounding the Lions' new head coach, Matt Patricia. Uh, And if you don't know uh, what happened there, Matt Patricia was indicted but not tried Mm -hmm. in a 1996 sexual assault. Uh, Robert Snell with the Detroit News broke that story uh, earlier this year. And I have my own thoughts about that case. Uh, I'm not going to get into a lot of them here. But what really set me on this path to sitting out this season was the reaction to that story, Uh especially from fellow Lions Uh fans. uh So many fans were so beside themselves that they would even that we would even have this conversation that we would even talk about this issue or this story. Uh, there were attacks on Robert Snell for simply doing his job as a journalist. There were threats against him, and it was this really like base emotional response that completely tossed aside this disturbing nature of this story in the first place. Um, and I also think that the Lions organization's response to that did really nothing to curb that kind mm-hmm, of reaction. Mm-hmm. Instead, they were kind of covering their own butts in this situation. Um, and, of course, this all fits into a longer string of controversies involving NFL players and coaches and sexual abuse, domestic abuse, uh, and, of course, serious questions about how the league handled those issues. Yeah. Um, but here's what's important to me. The entire episode made me look really inward uh, in this situation. And I asked myself this question. Would my own fandom for this game, this team, the emotional impact of it that I've had my entire life, would that ever come before the humanity of another person? Right, right. And I think that that question hits on so many of these other controversies surrounding the NFL right now, right? Uh, it's, it hits on what you're talking about, Stephen. It hits on what Laura is talking about. 
Uh, and it makes me wonder how much the emotional feelings that I have for this game, what really amounts to a child's game, yeah, <laughs> how do they do they allow me to put aside the humanity of the people involved, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, so it's incredibly personal for me. I think it's maybe the scariest thing for the NFL right now uh, because I feel like the tipping point in these things comes not when people feel some outside political pressure to stop consuming a product. Yeah. But it's when they feel a deep personal reason to do so. Right. Uh, and they start reflecting inwardly. And right now, there's something I think for everyone to hate, no matter what side of the political spectrum you're on or how you view these things. Um, and I will say for Lions fans who are watching this year, I'm convinced the f- that the fact that I'm sitting out this season means the Lions will win the Super Bowl this year. So. <laughs> right, and you'll miss it. <laughs> <laughs> and only because of that fact. Yeah, I mean, one of the things you're saying is really, really in- important here, and that's that there are so many reasons for people to be stepping away from football on all sides of the political aisle. And that uh, that's an irony, of course, uh, but it's also uh, a signifier of the importance of this sport in our culture, mm-hmm. that everybody has had a reason to be attached to it in the first place, and therefore uh, it's kind of the first place you look for discord or maybe the first place you notice that kind of discord and say, I, I have to step away from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like I said, very, very personal. That's why the word boycott for me is sort of difficult because it's it's such an individual thing. But, um, you know, and like you, I'm, I'm, I think we're in very similar situations as fans, Stephen. We'll see what it looks like uh, when if the Lions do actually start winning, uh, yeah. you know, if, yeah, <laughs> if right. I find myself if I can, going back. If I can't uh, stay away. Right. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation about football and boycotts and the many negative issues that surround the sport. We are going to get to callers next. We have a lot of folks on the line waiting to talk about this issue. Marianne in Macomb, Mike in Chesterfield, Dan in Hazel Park, Tim in Bagley, and Curtis in the car. We will get to you next. If you want to join them, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. We are talking this hour about the upcoming football season, professional and college, and the fact that I have decided I can't watch professional football anymore. I can't watch professional football because of the way that the owners are treating the players with regard to the anthem kneeling issue. Uh, I think it is unconscionable to force people to make political expressions at work, and that's what that is when they say you have to stand and respect the flag during the national anthem. And so I'm done with professional football after being a lifelong fan of the Detroit Lions and a longtime fan of the Baltimore Ravens. I want to hear from you, the listeners, what you are thinking about football. Are you still watching the NFL? Are you still watching college as I 
admit I still will be doing because uh, I am so attached to my alma mater, the University of Michigan, and its football program that uh, I'm not ready to give that up quite yet, despite all of the concerns about health issues and exploitation at that level uh, of, of, of football. Um, but I want to hear what you are thinking about, and I want to hear uh, if you're in for this season especially, if you're still all in on uh, professional football, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Uh, we've also got uh, the, the, the ability for you to make comments on Facebook, on our uh, Facebook page, WDET. And uh, on Twitter, you can hashtag Detroit Today. We'll try to work you into the conversation. I want to read a couple of Twitter comments. We have a lot of conversation already going on about this on social media. Uh, Easy Rider says, consciously we'll try to avoid, but it's a long habit that has gradually waned for various reasons over the past 10 seasons. Not into football enough, having not played it. Find it more interesting when I know more and can appreciate it. The Lions... 2008 season convinced me that they are not competent and or committed in a league with such parity and find rooting for another team is not really present, not being into football enough. Uh, John on Twitter says, politics and civics aside, it's a lot easier to boycott football in Detroit than it is in Boston, Pittsburgh, Philly, or Dallas. Ouch, John. That's uh, rubbing it in a little bit there. Uh, Mr. Sunshine says, second year for me, cutting out fantasy football this year as well as watching regular football. So uh, if you want to join that conversation on Twitter, hashtag Detroit Today, uh, and uh, we will try to work you into the conversation. And again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Let's go to Marianne in Macomb. Marianne, welcome to Good Detroit morning. Today. Yeah, go ahead. Hi. Um, so I was born and raised in Philadelphia, and my sister is married to a man whose father played professional football in the NFL. Uh-huh. And um, when the Eagles signed Michael Vick, I said, yeah, I'm not watching the Eagles. I'm not watching professional football at all this year because I don't know who he's what team he's going to be playing. I don't want to have to follow the schedule that closely. Uh-huh. So I just didn't watch a game at all while he was wearing an NFL uniform. Wow. And my family just kind of went, what? <laughs> I was going to and, say, I mean, this is this is super personal for you because yeah. uh, you have family members who, who, who played. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. And and I was a pariah for that year. My, my brothers were like, how can you do this? I wouldn't be able to do this, but why are you doing this? And now we have this thing we can't talk to you about. And, you know, um, and I've lived in, in Michigan for 16 years now. I'm a doctoral student at U of M. And mm-hmm. so I love their football program. And um, I, and I am um, getting my doctorate in nursing. So I do understand all about the medical aspects mm-hmm. of the, the long-term physical aspects of football and I you know I pulled my son out of football and directed him more towards um, other sports and you know my grandsons don't play football they they are in ice hockey which that's about <laughs> as dangerous I think yeah right <laughs> yeah right but you know I understand how hard it is to take this stand but it, it it's it's like it's a moral imperative that yeah. you you need to do this for yourself yeah I, Marianne I completely Agree with you, and and that's what I'm struggling with, right? Uh, uh, I I have reached the point of of absolute uh, uh, intolerance now with with the NFL. I mean, I just cannot 
support a league that is treating the players the way uh, the way it is, and and I'm working on trying to get there with uh, with college football. I mean, I think uh, there are enough problems there that I should feel uh, the same way. I, right now, I, I have to admit I don't, and uh, I will be watching college football this year as I as I always do. But uh, Marianne, thanks very much for the call uh, and the comments. Let's go to Curtis. Curtis in the car. Welcome to Detroit today. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, just in the interest of public safety, I do want to know. I uh, want to let everyone know I have pulled over. So, uh, <laughs> That's good. Look at you, Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> so very quickly, I, I agree with you, Stephen. It, it is very difficult to support uh, the NFL given its recent policy right now as it relates to the whole kneeling issue, although I'm encouraged by the fact that the NFL at least – is backing away from that, even as owners like Jerry Jones, you know, have made it very clear that mm-hmm. they're going to require their players mm-hmm. uh, to to stand during the national anthem. I think the point I want to make, though, is isn't this all sort of represent, uh, representative of what we're experiencing as a country? I mean, you know, we don't have this mutual toleration anymore uh, for one another and our, our views and everything else. There's so much polarization. Uh, and I just feel like the NFL is missing an opportunity here uh, for all of its problems. Uh, it has gone about the process of trying to address them, whether it is the concussion protocols and trying to make helmets safer. Uh, it, I thought it responded very well to uh, the domestic violence uh, situations occurring with you know various players and making sure that they have a zero tolerance for that sort of thing. So I... I think I'm sort of wondering why can't the NFL or at least the teams, you know, uh, the cities that have teams start to address this larger, larger issue of making mm-hmm. sure that, you know, as fans and as the public, you know, as a community, it starts to support uh, things such as, you know, better dialogue between police and their communities or, you know, making sure that police departments can afford the, you know, cameras, body cameras and things like that. I just feel like they're missing an opportunity here. Uh, to take a stand, not necessarily, you know, we we lump this all into this whole issue about the flag. You know, we're really talking about the larger issue of, you know, police brutality and this breakdown in communication between uh-huh. police and their communities. Yeah. Why shouldn't the NFL take a stronger stance, at, at least being a bridge at this point? And that's where I am. I just, I feel like if you can't look at the issue itself and try to be a part of the solution, right, then, you know, that's what makes it more difficult me, uh, difficult for me to support them. I, yeah. I just want them to, to do something that's going to say, hey, look, yeah. you yeah. know, we, we, we can't fix this problem without dialogue, and we can encourage that. Uh, you know, as NFL teams and as owners, yeah. as opposed to shutting all of that down. Right. Curtis, uh, I absolutely relate to the things that you're talking about here, and I really appreciate uh, you calling even from the car uh, to join the conversation uh, on this. Uh, okay, quickly here, uh, before we get back to more calls, uh, I want to talk uh, with someone who covers this subject about whether the NFL can sustain all the negative pressure from all sides. Justin Tinsley is a culture and sports writer for The Undefeated, an ESPN website that is focused on black athletes, fans, and culture. Justin, welcome to Detroit Today. 
Hey, thank you, man. Thank you for having me. Yes, it's great to hear your voice. So let's start here. Just this week, Jerry Jones, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys and a friend of President Donald Trump, announced that he is not going to let players kneel during the anthem, uh, nor will he let them sit out the anthem in protest in the locker room. Obviously, this fuels the tensions that people who are upset with the NFL on both sides feel. What do you make of this continued discussion around kneeling just a few weeks before the season starts? I mean, I, it's, it's truly one of the most fascinating issues that I've ever seen, sports or, like, non-sports related. And what what Jerry Jones continues to do, it, it just pretty much, you know, it's not giving these guys a, a, a choice. And obviously he's not giving them a choice. You can't stay in the locker room. You, you can't kneel. You can't do anything. You have, you have to stand and reflect the flag in the national anthem. And what I just think that does, it. And again, once again, for the – it feels like the thousandth time. Like, the, the, the point of these protests was never about the flag. It was never about the anthem. And we can get into the discussion on the national anthem on another on another occasion. Sure. That in and of itself is its own, like, you know, cyclone. But, again, it dilutes the fact that these guys are not protesting the anthem, the flag, or, or especially the military. They're protesting social justice, uh, a criminal justice reform. And when you when you diluted to make it about that, it just uh, it, it shows that you know, especially NFL owners are not willing to have the conversations that these guys desperately want to have, and they want to make they want to make these players out to be I don't want to I don't want to say demons, but for lack of a better phrase, they want to make them out to be demons to make them out to be unpatriotic. When actually protesting is actually very patriotic. It's, it's and, part of our culture, right? Uh, absolutely. So, so someone like Jerry Jones says, mm-hmm. all right, no kneeling, no sitting in the locker room. you got to be out here on the field. you got to show respect for the flag. Is that something that we're likely to see players pinpoint specifically and say, all right, I am not going to do that because you said I have to do it? I have, you know, I feel like I have the right to to participate or not participate in what is an expressly political activity, by the way, right? The idea of going out on the field and, and showing uh, respect, quote-unquote, during the national anthem. Uh, do you think that we'll see players say, no, I will not do that and, and start to push back and then make this issue even bigger? Yeah, now the question is, is it going to happen on the Cowboys? Because, you know, the National Football Football League, excuse me, is a a billion-dollar entity. And uh, Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys, despite, you know, the lack of, like, really, you know, big-time, like, on-field success in the past 20 years, they're still – they're still the the biggest franchise, at least revenue-wise, in the league. So Jerry's Jerry's words carry a little further than maybe, you know – some other owners. Now, what is going to be interesting is, uh, you know, Tennessee Titans Pro Bowl defensive lineman Jarrell Casey came out the other day and said he's going to protest. Mm-hmm. And you know, whatever the whatever the fine is, they'll just have to eat the fine. Uh, I think because it's kind of like it's kind of like telling a kid like, don't touch that hot stove because you're going to burn your hand. <laughs> right. You know, kids don't touch the stove anyway. So if you <laughs> right. tell these guys, oh no, you can't protest, and it's like, wait, I'm at the end of the day, I'm a grown man. You know, I can make my own decisions. I pay my own bills. And if I want to speak on these issues, then I'm going to do it. Now, the question is, uh, you know, I was talking to uh, I was talking to, to, to Reggie Bush uh, the other day. And mm-hmm. it was actually, uh, uh, 
it's an interview that is going to be on the undefeated, I believe, today, if it's not up already. And I asked him about it. He was like, you know, just from talking to guys that I know in the league and just, just from what I know about the league, like, they, they weren't going to kneel this year. You know, that was kind of like something that they did last year, and obviously they got their point across. But this year it was it was going to be, you know, trying to, you know, extend the conversation into a new domain. But now when you tell these guys they can't do it, it's like, well, it's obviously the most powerful form of protest, at least that we've seen yet. Yep. So, like, why wouldn't they do it? Because it, it just it, it fascinates me how, like, you know, these guys play, you know, at least health-wise, the most dangerous sport in America. Yep. Like, they have, they have non-guaranteed contracts, but yet you want these guys to go out and be robo- robots and just, you know what I mean, just hit each other for, like, three hours every Sunday or Monday. And Monday, excuse yeah. me. So uh, it, it's going to be interesting because you can see a lot of guys in the NFL, like, uh, they, they want to speak on these type of issues. If you follow them, like, on Instagram, they, they do a lot of community service on yep. these same type of issues. And, like, you can't keep forcing these guys to be quiet. Like, you just can't. Like, it, it, you don't want to – you don't want to be on that side of history. Right. And right now the, the NFL is looking like they are. Yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Justin Tinsley. He's a culture and sports writer for The Undefeated, an ESPN website that's focused on black athletes, fans, and culture. Uh, we're talking about the prospect of more NFL uh, boycotts, more NFL players taking a knee during the national anthem, even as the league says, uh, if you do that, you are going to be fined. Uh, Justin, I wonder if uh, if you could talk a little about the pressure on the league, not just in terms of this issue, but also uh, traumatic brain injuries. It seems like there's a lot of negative and downward pressure on football. Is the league in danger of not surviving all of this? You know, I was telling somebody uh, yesterday, at least in the 2010s, the NFL has has seen, like, three really, really big controversies. And they've kind of, like, they've been reactive instead of proactive Mm -hmm. on all three of them. Uh Obviously, uh, traumatic brain injury, CTE, uh, domestic violence, and now the national anthem uh, debate. Mm -hmm. And it just, it feels like, you look at it, it's like, man, you're you're the biggest league in, in, in America, but yet you keep, you're, you know, for lack of a better phrase, you're fumbling on all three of these issues. <laughs> and uh, the, the thing is, for the NFL to, like, proverbially fall, like, it's going to take a long time. Mm-hmm. It's not something that's going to happen this season or next season or, or maybe even the season after that. But, you know, I, I've, you know I've, talked, I've talked to a lot of fans uh, over these past couple of years about these issues. And, of course, you know, people still want to watch football because it's kind of, like, ingrained in us in the society to want to watch football, sure. but it has, like, impacted the, you know, the entertainment factor of, you know, when you watch football, you realize, like, man, these dudes, a lot of these dudes are probably, like, they're, they're in pain while they're playing. Sure. And and then, you know, you, you, you take into, you take the whole domestic violence issue in, into into consideration, it's just like, man, like, how, how does this guy get this many games for this, but yet this guy only got, like, two games for something that was, like, horrific? And, you know, it, it, it gets harder and harder to, like, reconcile, like, morally. And and now with the, with the National Anthem debate, it's just, like, it's, it's really, like, a, a whopper of moral issues, like, that the NFL just can't seem to, like, get in front of. And it just feels like if 
if the NFL would just let these guys protest and just let these guys speak their mind in a peaceful manner at that. Like, it, it just feels like it wouldn't be, like, as big of an issue as right. it is right now. But yet, you know, you know, the NFL keeps telling these guys, you can't do it, you can't do it, when it's, like, really a basic American right to want to do this. And I also want to say this. It also puts the players kind of, like, in a weird position as well. Uh-huh. Because uh, I spent some time with Von Miller last week, uh, and I just did recently did, like, a feature on him. It came out yesterday, and I asked him about this. And he told me, he's like, look, man, I, I definitely want to use my platform for, for, for the most positive that I can. I want to help my brothers and sisters out. And I, w- I want to speak for people whose voices may not be heard on a regular basis. He said, but on the same time, too, like, you know, this is my eighth year in the NFL. I don't know how many years I have left. Yep. And, you know, I, mean, I do want to play football. I do want to play football. And it's, it's, it's kind of weird because in a lot of cases, you're asking these guys to choose who they are or what they perform. Yeah, you know, like, that's like right. you can't value both. Yeah. You can't value both. And it just puts a lot of these players in a weird position because you want to speak out, but at the same time too, like you're, you're responsible for a lot of stuff, including your household. Yeah, that's and right. The people in it. Yeah. And it, it's, it's, it's sad that, you know, in a lot of cases, these guys feel like, Oh, I can't, I can't really speak out on what I want to speak out out of fear of I'm going to lose my livelihood. And that doesn't make you, less patriotic it makes it's, it's, it's a real life responsibility that all of us have to deal with on some on some magnitude they just happen to play professional football right tough choice to have to make uh, i've got about a minute left but i i want to quickly get your sense of this as a fan i mean obviously uh, your job is to cover professional sports and culture so you can't really boycott uh, the NFL, uh, but but I'm wondering how you're feeling as a, a fan and as an African-American fan. I mean, I, I'd be lying to you if I said, uh, you know, I still have, like, that, that thirst that I used to have. Now, granted, uh, it may come from, like, actually covering it now, and mm-hmm. I, do lo- I do love covering football. I still I, I love the history of it, but it has made it harder to, like, to like swallow that pill and watch, and you know I'm a Cowboys fan. Hmm. I'm a, I've been a, I've been a Cowboys fan all of my life. Wow! But like you know, here hearing these statements from like from Jerry, just basically ruling with an iron fist, which he's always done. That doesn't surprise me. But you know, hearing these statements, it gets harder and harder because it's just like, are these are these guys like humans? Are are, are they property? Right. That's what it feels like, and it it just gets harder and harder to answer that. Well, I know the answer to the question. But it gets harder and harder to reconcile with that question. Yeah. Okay, Justin Tinsley, culture and sports writer for The Undefeated. Thanks very much for joining us here on Detroit Today. Thank you so much. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation about football, boycotts, and protests. Stay with us and stay with us on the phones. 313-577-1019 is the number. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today.
You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. We were talking about football and protests and boycotts in anticipation of the 2018 NFL and college football seasons. We want to hear from you. What are you doing? I have uh, decided that I will not watch professional football any longer, but I can't give up college football. I want to know where you fall on that spectrum. Also joining us now to talk more about this is David Dennis. He's a senior culture editor at Interactive One, a New Orleans Saints fan who has written about his own personal boycott of the NFL and the troubles that the league faces for websites, Bossip and The Undefeated. David, welcome to Detroit Today. Oh, thanks for having me. I always love being on the show. Yeah. Uh, I want to read a short excerpt from uh, a piece you wrote for Bossip. You said, maybe it's too late and I dropped the ball by not turning my back on the NFL before. should probably feel ashamed of myself for continuing to support an organization that has continued to re-sign players who beat women and children. A league that has shown that greed is more important than the well-being of its players. And a league that has tried to discredit real research on concussions just to turn a buck. Maybe Cap is just the straw that broke the camel's back. Uh, David, uh, so uh, Colin Kaepernick was the thing that pushed you to, to boycott, and you, you got there before I did, uh, but, <laughs> but I'm there right. now. Uh, tell me how that's been, though. I know you're a huge New Orleans Saints fan. Do you miss it? Um, I actually don't. I actually found, um, you know, I didn't watch it all last season. I found that I did not really – uh, miss uh, football at all. I mean, the quality of the game is, is, is a little worse than it was before. There's a lot of injuries and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, it was sort of easy to um, discard the Saints than I thought it would, especially um, one of the kickers for me was um, Drew Brees' uh, the Saints quarterback reaction to Kaepernick dealing. And he said, um, you know, on the anniversary of Katrina that mm-hmm. Kaepernick should respect the flag, which, you know, Hurricane Katrina was is one of the reasons that you know, somebody would, you know, protest during the anthem because sure. it was one of the biggest moments of inequality in the country. So for Drew Brees, who lives in New Orleans, not to understand that sort of made it easier for me to, um, you know, distance myself from the Saints and, and the sport as a, as a whole. Yeah. Uh, do you feel like there is momentum building behind the idea of staying away from football as i said uh, this is going to be my first season i'm going to try it i gotta be honest uh, i'm not sure how easy that's going to be to get through the whole season but but i'm hearing from more and more people that they're saying you know i i just can't do this anymore yeah i mean it should be easier um like for me i realized that i had you know three to six more free hours on on the weekend (laughs) than i had before right so that that makes um the rest of my week a little bit easier i'm not staying up uh, late at night on Monday trying to watch the game and, uh, you know, things like that. But I think there is a momentum because a lot of these sports, you know, they get to these crossroads where you decide do you want to um, sort of embrace with your players in black America or do you want to try to go with tradition? We saw baseball do this, and we've seen baseball, um, you know, deteriorate in relevance by the decisions that they made sort of in the, in the 90s. And I, and I think that, you know, it may seem – impossible now but football is making that same decision and i don't you know i i can see them um being sort of in that same place of irrelevance um on the larger cultural landscape that that baseball is um especially if you look at something like the nba which has sort of turned a different corner and begun to embrace more of their african-american um you know fan base and players and they're on you know their social media their ratings are up 
um, you know, they are cultural, um, you know, culturally as relevant as football now because people need to understand that black culture sort of determines what's cool and what people follow in this country. Sure, sure. Uh, again, three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number on the phones. Lots of folks waiting. We're running short on time, but I want to get a few in here. Mike in Chesterfield, welcome to Detroit Today. Hey, Stephen. Happy hey. Friday. Hey, happy Friday to you. Hey, real quick, I just want to talk about two things um, dealing with the financial aspect mm-hmm. of uh, football. One is uh, looking at the massive taxpayer subsidization of mm-hmm. uh, these mm-hmm. huge stadiums based on ego for mm-hmm. a lot of these uh, team owners. And then the other thing, uh, well, and they don't, they don't want to really offer anything back to the community or to the fans. Sure. And the other thing is how we kind of treat football players from an early age. You know, we get them through high school, we get into college football where they're not paid and they're kind of just passed along grade-wise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the few that do make it to the NFL, uh, you know, they'll, they'll get like a million-dollar contract, and but they'll have no um, no understanding of um, the financial aspects of it. So what happens after a couple of years when they kicked off the team? You see a lot of them end up broke. Skills. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that no, no financial literacy to the point of, well, you made a million dollars, but then you spent it all. Yeah. Mike, uh, great, great points uh, and and more reasons to try to – you know, move on from this sport. Uh, and like I said, uh, I'm going to try it with pro football. I'm not there, not there with college. And I'm not proud of that. I'm not proud of the fact that I'm still going to watch college football, but it's just, it's just a reflection of the way I feel. Mike, thanks very much for that call. Uh, David in Farmington Hills, uh, welcome to Detroit today. Hi, Mr. Henderson. Glad to be here. Listen, uh, it's not that hard to give up pro football. Uh-huh. I did when they treated when uh, Tiffy Titans treated Steve McNair so badly, huh. and I'm still a college football fan. I'll send you some some thoughts on that later. But what I want to ask you is, you've decided to uh, boycott the NFL based on the way they treat their employees. Uh-huh. But do you buy Apple products or support Apple uh, Apple iTunes or anything? Because They've got employees in China that are jumping out of buildings, killing themselves. Well, you're right about that. an oppressive government. Yeah, well, uh, David, I don't mind you calling me out on that. I do buy a lot of Apple products, and I am aware also of the labor issues that Apple has uh, overseas. I mean, I think uh, all of us— you know, have have lines that we draw about how we want to, you know, live our lives and the statements we want to make. Uh, the Apple statements, again, not something I have uh, I have arrived at. The NFL, I guess, for me, and and the racism that is associated with what the owners are doing to the players right now, I guess, has pushed me uh, to that point. But you're not wrong. You're not wrong about Apple. You're not wrong about a lot of corporations. That do things that uh, that I don't agree with. So I appreciate uh, appreciate the call. All right, uh, David Dennis, uh, senior culture editor at Interactive One. Thanks very much for joining us here on Detroit today. All right, thanks for having me. Always great to hear from you. That's going to do it for us today. I will be back on Monday. I hope you will too. Detroit Today is produced by Laura Weber Davis and Jake Neer. The technical director is Matthew Trevethan. Uh, our program director is Joan Isabella. And our interns are uh, Gus Navarro and Evan Yee. They are associate producers here on the program. Also, don't forget <clears throat> Monday, July 30th at the Dory 
Dorothy Bush Branch Warren Public Library. We're going to continue our Detroit Today book club talking about housing insecurity here in Southeast Michigan. We're going to talk about court-ordered evictions in Warren. So you're going to want to turn out for that at 630 at that Dorothy Bush Branch Library in Warren. You can also go to WDET.org and learn more about our book club and participate in other ways. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, a community service of Wayne State University. I will see you on Monday.